Hello and welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. I'm Russ Shaw, your host. Be your host today for this uh, journey into recovery. Journey into your mind and into your soul. Today I want to talk about uh, a lot of stuff. I don't know if I have time, but I'm going to approach a few things. I'm going to come at you from a couple of different angles today. The human mind is a crazy thing. It's a wonderful thing. We can retain all sorts of information, but it also seems to be the part of our flesh that seems to malfunction the most. We have a computer in our flesh, and that's our mind, and if we don't keep it... uh, keep it clean, keep it running right, it can do all sorts of crazy stuff, get you into things that can destroy your life. I was talking in uh, my men's group about this analogy, uh, computer analogy, another guy in the men's group elaborated on it a little more. It's like uh, it's like people who get a, a computer and they are using it for a while and they start Acquiring a bunch of uh, spam and spyware and stuff gets into their computer and just slows it down to a crawl. My daughter did this. She uh, found a bunch of these cool shareware programs and downloaded a bunch of them to make you know windows look cooler and stuff like that. And turned out a lot of the shareware stuff, free programs, are great, but they had spyware attached to them. So pretty soon her computer just slowed down to a crawl and crashed her hard drive and just a bunch of problems went wrong when you know she could have got to me right when it started slowing down but by the time she told me that the computer wasn't working right you know she didn't like using it because it was so slow so she'd come down and use ours and I said you know you, you need to fix this stuff when you first notice a problem and I'll get it fixed for you and don't you know be putting all this stuff that you think is really cool on your computer because it's just going to crash, it's going to slow it down, it's going to mess it up. Eventually these shareware programs have little programs attached to them and then the spyware programs can attach themselves to those programs and it causes a system failure. Sooner or later, the computer itself experiences a system failure. So, talk about this in the men's group and a friend of mine uh, kind of elaborated on it and he said, uh, you know, it's like the people with the shareware, they don't take their computer in or get it fixed and stuff and eventually the computer just stops working correctly. And it's kind of funny, that's when a friend of mine said he liked the analogy and then he said, you know, my computer is really slow, I should probably get it checked out. So, but anyway, back to the analogy. A lot of you are having system failure. I had system failure. I, that's what uh, my whole deal was for years. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew that I needed to stop. I had. I tried to stop frequently. I prayed to God, please help me stop this. This is killing me. Please, God, take this away from me. But I think ultimately what God wants us to do and the reason why God just doesn't take it from us is because that it is a surface problem, like the slowing down of the computer, 
you know, you can't just take away the slowing down of the computer without going in, finding the problems, and eliminating them. Finding out why the computer is slowing down, finding out why it's not performing properly, and getting rid of that stuff. God needs you to face whatever it is that's in your computer, that's in your mind, that's in your past, that's in your spirit, and go over it and look at it and find out what it is that's causing you to act out sexually. So the computer in our mind is constantly running programs. It's constantly running things through our mind, through our spirit at the same time. In a lot of ways, our mind and our spirit are tied together. But when we fail, when we break down, when we have a crash in our system, that's when our flesh and our spirit come in conflict. For the sex addict, it's uh, masturbation. It's uh, watching that video. It's giving in to your flesh. And we feel great about it while we're doing it, but right after we finish, man, we uh, crash. Start feeling those feelings of guilt again. What the heck am I doing? Why did I just do that? What is wrong with me? Whether it's masturbation or whether it's a relationship with someone you know you shouldn't be sexual with, whether it's a homosexual, heterosexual, whatever it is, it is system failure. That's the topic of today's show. Let's get in there, fix our computers, fix our minds, get our minds running a little more efficiently. Get them running to the point where we have less and less system failure. Until we don't have system failure at all. In that area, anyway. And a lot of this stuff has to do with intimacy. Whether you're married or you're single, one of the things that causes us to withdrawal, and I think withdrawal is the main thing that drives us towards pornography. That's why I had Dr. Block on the show. That's why uh, I talked about the book Naked Intimacy. When you have system failure... When you withdraw into this sexually acting out flesh versus spirit crash, it has to do with, uh, sometimes it has to do with disappointment. That is another part of intimacy. We are disappointed by the world. We are disappointed by our relationships. We are disappointed by our job. We are disappointed. It's disappointment sometimes that injures our heart enough to think, well, I just need some pleasure now here. It's almost like we have two different operating systems running simultaneously. And that spirit operating system that we're supposed to live by starts to go by the wayside. Why? Because life happens. We get disappointed. We withdraw. Withdrawing in a relationship is one thing that we talked about on uh, episode 12, episode 11. Withdrawal can happen just doing life because our spirit gets beat up by the fact that something happens at work, our car breaks down, bills, somebody's sick in the family, the Seahawks lose the Super Bowl, something that happened in my life. Being up here in the Seattle area, Seahawks go to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. And uh, just a lot of bad stuff happened. I know it's a stupid football game, but you know what? It's still an injury. It's a little heart injury. All these little injuries, being small or large, whatever they are, they're chipping away at your spirit. They do that. That's why we need to get our spirit stronger. If we run our operating system of our mind off our spirit, 
those things don't have such a huge impact on us anymore. One of the things I prayed about was uh, at this men's retreat, the speaker told us to go up, we were up in the mountain cabin up there, and told us to go up into the uh, hills and just be with God. Up here in the great northwest, it could be, it's pretty beautiful. It rained the whole time we were there, most of the time, but still went up on the uh, hills and I walked kind of off the path a little bit, found some deer tracks, droppings and stuff like that, followed those up the hill and followed this, must have been a, a bunch of deer. And I stood at the top of this hill in the rain and the trees and I just asked God to, to hold me. I said, Lord, just wrap your arms around me. Fill me with your spirit. You know, let me know that I don't have to be drunk with alcohol or I don't have to be somebody I'm not in order to be real. To run my operating system off of you, Lord. If you want to pray that with me, go for it. Lord, help us run our operating system off of you, off of your spirit. Every day when I get up in the morning and I want to run my operating system through your spirit, Lord, my mind, my emotions, through you. And I prayed that prayer and I went back and I was uh, energized. I uh, was more tuned. I was more in tune to what was going on with the other guys in the group. and I was a better uh, impact on folks than I would have been if I had not asked God to do that, to open up my spirit. So when the negative things of life happen, remember that. Remember to go in and reboot your operating system. God allows us to hit the reboot button. When we get bound up, when we have a system failure, just reboot. It's like me and the retreat. I did stuff living by the Spirit that I wouldn't have normally done. I was outside of myself a little bit. I was relying on God's Spirit to run my operating system. I heard a pastor do a talk on that. He said uh, he was on a plane flight, sat next to an old Irish guy who didn't like flying a whole lot, so he sat there with his Irish whiskey and he said that uh, about a couple hours into the flight he was about ready to doze off to sleep and the uh, Irish fella sitting next to him started singing just started singing the Irish eyes are smiling just something the guy probably wouldn't do normally on a flight but uh, because of the spirit the spirits it's funny how alcohol can be called spirits. It changes your insides a little bit. And I think I did that sometimes. I would drink to change my spirit. I would uh, try to get a little buzz going in order to soften up myself, living by the spirit. But that moment at that retreat when I was asked God to fill me with the spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and to run my operating system that way, I was on task a lot more. I was sharper. I would. I had words for folks that uh, I'm like, wow, where did that come from? It's like, that, you know, that was just God right there. Stuff like that. Living by the Spirit. It's something that you can ask God to do. But you have to get rid of the negative. You have to get rid of those old programs that, you know, thinking that 
God's not fair. God's ripped you off in some kind of way. You have to kick out the negative. And that might take some work. But that's going in and taking out those old programs. Those old nasty programs running in the background. And it's okay to be angry with God. It's okay to be angry with your situation sometimes. But God wants you to work it out. Sometimes we don't really identify that stuff unless we get mad about it. Rebooting your computer. We're talking about relationship here. And I want the single people to tune in on this. I don't want you tuning out just because I'm talking about relationship. Any computer engineer will tell you that it's a lot easier to start up a program, an application, an operating system without all the spyware and junk and stuff. It's a lot harder to have to go in and remove all that stuff later than it is just to start afresh with a new computer that's not full of spyware and junk. But that's relationship. And if you're already in a relationship and you feel broken and beaten and your relationship has been fragmented every time you try and run a program in your relationship, it crashes. If you're in that place, there's hope for you. you got some work to do. Don't just think you can walk out on that relationship and start anew with a new one. It's a lot more difficult than you know because of the ties you have with the relationship that you already have. All the love and all the investment that you have in that relationship with your spouse are important. And your relationship with God. I want to talk about that for a minute. How are you doing with God? I'm here to tell you that you're listening to my voice for a reason. Life is but a test. Your computer is being tested. It's being ran through system tests every day. And today has brought you here to listening to my voice right now. How is your relationship with God doing? Maybe you don't have one at all. Maybe you haven't prayed for years. I just want you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to stop this program wherever you are, whether you're in your car, you're on a city bus. If you're in your car, obviously pull over to the side of the road or just watch your driving. But I want you to ask God to come into your heart. Just pray, Lord, I'm busted, I'm broken. I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. Please just hold me. Just let your spirit fill me. Let's build our relationship back, Lord. Lord, I understand that your word says that you love me furiously. You love me so much. You do not see all the sinful junk I've done. Your spirit has covered me. I ask for your forgiveness again. Your covering spirit, Lord. I understand that the accuser, Satan, is there to steal and kill and destroy. And he's constantly telling me how much I don't measure up. Lord God, just hold me in your spirit. Fill me. Reboot my system, Lord. Just stop. Turn off this audio program now. And pray that and just... Be silent in the spirit. Stop it now. Are you back? How do you feel? 
Do you feel recharged? Do you feel reboot? Do you feel like God has cleaned you up in your hard drive and your system? If you don't, that's okay. Just got to keep working on that relationship. Work on that relationship with God. Kick out those negative thoughts. The devil gets in there and tells you that you're not good enough, that you're just a big sinner. All you care about is yourself. You know the word Satan. I got this from the uh, Life Application Bible. The word Satan means accuser. Or accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing you. He's constantly telling you that you don't measure up, that you're not good enough, that you're not really saved, that God doesn't really love you. you got to work on that too. you got to kick that stuff out of you. The Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will see God. It has nothing to do with how good you can be. You can't be good enough for God. We're all sinners. We all fall short. So just remember that this relationship. It's been a rough week for me. I've been beat up this last week trying to do what's right, what I think is right, and messing up and falling on my face and doing what's wrong. I've just had a tough time with my relationship with my wife, with business, and I just thank God for, for some of you being the hands and feet of Christ. Somebody reached out to me, made a big impact on me this week. At a time where I felt broken, busted, and I was just falling on my face. This audio program came out a little late. I apologize for that. That's one of the things. I was being attacked. This audio program must be making an impact on somebody out there. Because the enemy did not want this message this week to go out. I had some tough resistance this week. But here it is. A lot of that resistance came from me, came from my own screw-ups. But God's right there. He's ready to pick me up. No, I didn't look at pornography or fail in the sexual area. Nothing like that. It was just my own screwed-up relationships. The way I do intimacy is still not real good yet. I'm still a little over a one-year-old baby when it comes to being emotionally naked. And sometimes I just and poop and wet all over myself emotionally and that comes out on other people and it's just I'm learning the constant fight the constant battle with relationship living by the spirit if I do that instead of trying to do it my own way all the time so it's relationships the last show I did with Dr. Block I thought was very important I think his book is very important because we seemed to get to the point where I was, you know, I couldn't communicate with my wife, and that was causing me system failure. I, uh, I would be frustrated. I would be angry. I would feel like, you know, I'm just a piece of crap because of the, the way I feel about stuff. Instead of just hashing it out and talking about it, going over it with my wife, instead of saying, this is what's on my heart, this is what I feel, I just swallowed all that stuff down. I wouldn't talk to her. I would sell her on our arguments. That I was okay. I just didn't want to fight. I was done. I was tired. I didn't want to fight anymore. You win, you know. My wife would get angry and I would just give in to her anger instead of finding out, you know, what she was angry about, what was underneath the anger. 
or just talking about my heart and where I'm at because I was afraid to just bring it up because I don't want to fight all that. I don't want to be fighting and yelling and screaming at each other. But like Dr. Block said in the last episode, heart issues are things that need to be discussed. And if you're going to fight about them, then you need to be fighting about them. You need to bring your heart out and, and give it to your mate and say, you know, here's my heart. It's a gift to you. And, you know, this is where I'm at. And you need to go toe-to-toe and hash it out, whatever it is. And it's usually small stuff, you know. There's a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. Well, you need to face the small stuff, because the small stuff can take you down. It can tear you to pieces, you know, whether it was my wife being critical of something I said or, you know, I felt like she was treating me like a child. And uh, she was just looking out for me a lot of the times. I would... uh, I was attracted to her for that reason, to be honest with you. I love my wife. I was attracted to her for many reasons. But one of the biggest things, I was a—I was on a path of destruction when I met my wife. I was a party head. I didn't really care about anything. I was lost. I was duped into believing that God hated me. I, lo- I lived, loved God. I was saved, but I didn't live like it. I didn't live that way. I didn't live in a way pleasing to God because I thought God hated me. I didn't understand grace. And when I met my wife, my wife, because I had so less self-control, I had no self-control whatsoever, hardly. I just wanted to go out and have fun and, you know, live my life like a rocket, like a bottle rocket, just (laughs) pop, you know. That was me. So when she would not tolerate my, you know, drunkenness or my drug use or whatever, you know, she wouldn't tolerate that stuff because she loved me. And I understood that she loved me. And that's why I was attracted to her. She cared, she loved me more than I loved myself at the time. I mean, there was a lot of different things that was attracted to me, but that was a, that was a big one. Then the fact that she didn't jump into bed with me right away, I think, was another thing. And most of the women I approached at the time, you know, my goal was always to get them into bed right away. And uh, she didn't, you know. She made me wait. So I think God was working on me that whole time. You know, he never gave up on me. He, he knew my heart. My heart knew it was wrong, but my I pretty much had my flesh in the driver's seat at that point. But I knew underneath that, uh, you know, having sex with people and treating people like a piece of meat was wrong. It was just evil and wrong, and and, uh, underneath all that, I knew it. Underneath all the madness and confusion and my flesh and being resistant to God, God was still working on me. He still loved me. Sometimes had to lead me into some pain in my life to get me to see that. So we developed this kind of a parent-child type of a situation. I mean, I love my wife, and we had romance and all that stuff, but at the same time, she couldn't trust me. She uh, was always fairly guarded with her heart around me. It still is to a certain extent. We're getting better, but she is... She's guarded in her heart towards me because of all the screw-ups and the fact that I am such a 
I have such a wild personality sometimes that she has to be guarded with me. She feels that her heart is not completely safe with me. I understand that. But at the same time, I'm growing now spiritually and going through this recovery process, you might feel like the temptation to snap or bite at your spouse because you feel like you're growing and they should accept you and that's not true. You have to learn that trust is something that you have to earn over a period of time. It's not going to come right away. There goes an ambulance. <laughs> this show being done in my car can, can have those kinds of things. Little distractions like that. But uh, I think that showed up in an appropriate time. you got to push through some pain in order to relieve the pain. In order to get over the pain of uh, what you've done in your heart or what you've done to your spouse, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt some. And my wife's heart was in the ambulance, you know. My wife's heart was in the aid car over what I've done, and I can't control her. I can't control her in that. When we were talking to Dr. Block, I brought up the fact that, uh, you know, some people try and use the Bible to control other people and stuff like that. I kind of did that with my wife. I remember being in counseling and, you know, thinking that she's supposed to forgive me. You know, so it says right here in the Bible, I'm like, you know, chapter and verse right in here is forgiveness and stuff. And he just kind of shook his head and said, no, you're, you're not a safe place. You're, she doesn't trust you. And I'm working on that. We're getting better and she's learning to trust me. But it's a process. It's a part of being committed to the process. Just don't give up on this stuff, man. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. Just don't give up. Being rushed to the hospital in an aid car is not fun. So I just hope uh, hope you get that. That uh, blaming or pointing the finger or control, trying to control your spouse, it's just another form of system failure. In my opinion, you're... Uh, if you're trying to control your mate, it's not going to get any better. You're not, you're, you're not, you can't control somebody else's heart, basically. You can understand them. You can come to an understanding about where they're at in their heart at, at a time, but you can't force them to uh, see it your way. And I had a big issue with that. I thought that, uh, you know, I could control my wife, I could control the situation. I can understand where she's coming from. I can empathize with her because of uh, what I've done, how she grew up, stuff like that. But I can't control her heart. That is relationship system failure right there when you try and control someone else and when someone else is trying to control you. You have to work on that as well. You have to find out, write stuff down, pull out a notepad if you have to. You get in an argument and uh, you feel like you're being controlled, you say, no, here's where I'm coming from, here's where I'm at. And just keep going toe-to-toe -to -toe until your spouse understands you. You have to know where your heart's at, and they have to know where their heart's at. So what happens when we reach stalemate? Seems like you're just arguing and fighting, and you're not getting anywhere. I think anger is the biggest uh, culprit when we reach stalemate, when we reach system failure with our communication in a love relationship, 
best thing to do in those situations is to stop and decide to come back to the table when you've cooled down. When you feel like you're not getting moving forward, when you have the notepad out and you're you're kind of discussing things where your heart's at and you reach that stalemate, that part where you're not moving to a place of understanding, you need to step back, you need to take uh, some time out, cool off. And that takes decision. It takes a decision to do that. The Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on your anger, and I think that is a, a powerful thing. Just try to get to the place where you're, you know, you don't have to all hash this out in one day. Sometimes it takes several days. Me and my wife's last uh, thing we went through took a couple of days. Not letting the, the sun go down in your anger is just making sure that you're going to bed understanding that tomorrow's a new day you're going to take this thing on and you're not hating each other and if you're still angry with each other then come to a place of forgiveness and forgive that person but you still have stuff on the table that you need to deal with don't hate that person don't start throwing the D word around you know the big divorce word just come to an understanding that you know what we're going to hash this out later we'll do this tomorrow we'll do this again when we're ready if you reach that that temper flaring spot uh, Dr. Block's book the Naked Intimacy book has a whole chapter on emotional conference has kind of some ground rules and stuff like that that uh, might help you out there's a number of books on this subject I just think for the uh, sex addict I think the Naked Intimacy book is one of the best. Because as as a sex addict, a lot of this stuff has to do with intimacy. It's almost weird how it's tied to intimacy, but we're just most of us are just afraid to talk about our hearts, to talk about what we're going through inside of us. We're afraid of intimacy. So we turn to pornography or any other sexual outlet whether it be uh, homosexual or heterosexual affairs, whatever it is, it's a false... Where Dr. Block, on another show he was on, responded to uh, a story that a guy wrote, a short story, about a guy who saw a woman in a, a party or something across a smoky room. This guy was married. He decided to have an affair with her. And he does, and he goes through this, you know, this affair, and they decide in the affair to be... Uh, totally open with each other and never, you know, hide anything or lie to each other. You just put everything on the table. And that's kind of the uh, gist of the affair. Now, Dr. Block's uh, review of it was, what if this guy had enough courage to do that with his wife? What if he had enough courage to do it with his wife? What if you and I had enough courage to, instead of turning our sub our, our sexuality inward, our release emotionally... Instead of having an orgasm, if we turn it, you know, outward into our relationship, and it's not nearly as fun. I mean, I'll be honest with you, getting in an argument with your wife and hashing things out about how your heart and how you feel about a certain thing, it's not always easy. It can be painful and difficult. But that's the fight, man. That's getting out there and taking your computer apart and making sure things run properly. So that's the biggest part I wanted to talk about in that part of system failure. second part of system failure I want to talk about is who are you? Who are you as a person? Just, you know, you ever ask yourself that? Who the heck am I? 
You need to look inside you and find out who you are. Look into your strengths. Stop beating the crap out of yourself and look at who you are as a person, as a powerful person, who you are as a good person. What have you done good in your life? What kind of compassion do you have for people? Nobody is totally evil and totally introverted. Everybody has good stuff. God put good stuff in you. Where is that stuff? Write it down. You were built by a holy, mighty God creator who engineered you. So dig into some of those strengths, you know, and it's not all about you. That's one of the biggest things that I got out of the uh, purpose-driven life, was that it's not all about me. It's not all about what I can do in this life, what I can accomplish, how I'm uh, living up to whatever it is. It's not all about me. I was created by God. God had a, a plan for my life before I was even born, and He has one for you. He has something that you... He, he has programs for you. But we just have to run those programs. A lot of times we're running old, unseen programs. Just like uh, your computer does. Some of these spyware programs, they run in the background and you don't even see them. They're not on the surface. They're back there in the dark. And they're running. And they're screwing up your life. They're screwing your computer up. They're making your computer go slower trying to open up your uh, internet browser and it doesn't open for five minutes or a few minutes or even a few seconds, whatever it is. Our lives are like that. We try and get out there and do something for God and these old unseen programs from the past come up. And that was one of them for me as I started thinking everything was about me. It's all about me. It's not all about me. I don't have to make a million dollars in the dot-com world. I have two dot-coms that don't make any money at all. I thought I was going to make bunches and tons of money off them. But you know what? Digital Audio Project, while it doesn't make a dime, has given me this soapbox to stand on and to do this show. God had a plan in that. Maybe God's plan isn't for me to make millions of dollars, and I'm okay with that. I don't have to be a success. All I have to do is fulfill my purpose and what God wants me to do in this world. And I hope some of that is talking to you. Getting you to realize who you are. Getting you to pick yourself up off the ground. Taking the years of pain and heartache that I went through trying to figure out who I am. You're His creation. He created you. He knows you. This moment right now that you're listening to my voice has a purpose, has a plan, was plotted out. Our choices, our tests, every day we're tested in the battleground of life. That's where we're at. That's where we're all at in this moment. God loves you incredibly and He's right there with you. Wherever you are right now in this moment, in history, in time, in space, has all a purpose, a plan. It all has a meaning. So identify them old programs that are holding you back, that are tripping you up, and realize that life is a test. It's a contest. It's a battle. It's a fight. It all has meaning. It all means something. It's not arbitrary. So get up off the ground, man. If you're down, if you're feeling down, just get up. Get up and walk. You know, you guys encourage me as well. I'm not, you know, some guru sitting up here doing this show and thinking that I'm all that. I got an email from a listener who picked me up in a time where I was 
starting to question what the heck I'm doing, you know? I was in a fight with my wife. We were arguing over stuff, and I just couldn't seem to get my priorities straight. And, you know, she was talking to some friends, and they're questioning, you know, whether I should even be leading up a men's group or doing this ministry. And I got an email from a listener who said that something that I might have said is is helping them. It's giving them strength. And that gave me a big boost of confidence because I I had this show that you're listening to right now. I had it on the shelf for a few days. It's not that I didn't know what to say. It's that I started to get beat up by the enemy, starting to you know, throw in seeds of doubt. And I'm not perfect, and I never will be perfect. I'm not going to quit doing this show. I'm never, ever going to quit doing this show, as long as it's making an impact on folks. If I feel like I'm harming anyone, if I feel like my words are doing more damage than good, that's what, you know, that's the enemy. That's the doubt starting to creep in. So, you know, if you guys send me, me those emails... And I want to help you, and I want to reach out to you, and I, you know, you reaching out to me as well is helping me as well. It's it's a two-way thing here. I don't sit up on top of some throne. I'm not the guy in the front of the class that's the unapproachable teacher. We're all in this battle of life together, and I have to keep pulling those old programs, those old spyware junk programs that get me to doubt myself. I got to keep pulling them out. And you guys help with that. Other people, you know, if I can help you guys pull those programs out of yourself, I will. Counselors are so important. A good, solid counselor is so important in this stuff. I'm seeing my counselor this Friday. I haven't seen him for a few months. I just could not afford it. But, you know, as long as I'm doing what uh, God's plan is, what God wants me to be doing, what God called me to do, it's all going to work out for good in the end. The Bible says that. And for you as well. If you keep on fighting, if you just don't give up, it's all going to work out. It will. It will work itself out in the end. It might not take tomorrow. It might not be Thursday. It might not be next week, next month, next year, next five years. But if you keep on working at this, keep on fighting, man. Keep on pulling up them old programs. Keep your machine, your mind running soundly. You're going to win. You're going to stand before your creator someday and he's going to say well done good and faithful servant. He will say that to you. So I thank you. Thanks again for listening to the show. Next week I am going to do a show on attitude. Went to a uh, retreat men's retreat last weekend and really got encouraged in some things. I, I talked about a few things with uh, a bunch of guys, and I just I want to address some of that. I want to talk about some of that stuff, and I, I just want to talk about attitude. That's the uh, next week's show is going to be about, can you really choose how to feel? You know, I struggled with that for a long time. Can I choose how to feel about a certain situation? It has to do with attitude. This show is Attitudes and Sexual Integrity. Because it takes attitude. It's emotion fused with knowledge. That'll help you move on through. That'll help you push through the pain. So thanks again for listening. 
Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Send me an email. Thanks for encouraging me. I've got a lot of encouraging emails from listeners. Uh, the one that I received recently that I talked about just happened to hit me at just the right time. I thank God for, for you folks, man, for you folks out there listening. Making this show possible. Thanks for standing with me. If you can send a donation, I would appreciate it. I hate asking for money with this stuff. It's kind of like God's calling on my heart, but at the same time, it costs money. It costs money to do this ministry. I am in a very, very broke way right now. I can't afford much. I will keep the Digital Audio Project running because it's priority in my life. It's my ministry. But if there's anything you can send to help with that, I'd appreciate it. There's a donation button on my website at digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. Everybody just sends me a buck. That would pay for this thing for, you know, a while. Keep it going. Keep everything afloat. So, there I go, asking for money. But it, it has to be done, I believe. So... Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Thanks again for listening. Till next week, keep fighting. Keep on fighting.